This episode of the HE Tips Cast is sponsored by TextHelp. Boost reading, writing, and learning confidence with TextHelp. TextHelp is a world-leading specialist in assistive technology and literacy support software. They believe that literacy skills are every student's passport to academic, social, and professional success. They create smart, friendly software supports that enable young people to read and write with confidence. Read and Write is their award-winning software designed to support struggling readers and writers, English language learners, and students with learning disabilities by providing an easy-to-use toolbar that helps with reading, writing, research, and more virtually everywhere. Read and Write is available on Windows, Macs, and as a Chrome extension, and on both iPad and Android tablets. To find out more, visit texthelp.com slash readwrite. Need to make more time for reading? With Fluency Tutor for Google, you can do just that. This time-saving, leveled reading and assessment tool helps busy teachers bring struggling readers up to speed. Teachers can share an unlimited number of reading passages with students, then listen to, score, and provide feedback on their recordings. Try it for free at FluencyTutorForGoogle.com. To find out more about TextHelp and their award-winning software solutions for educators and students, visit TextHelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. That number again is 1-888-248-0652. Hello and welcome to the AT Tips Cast, where we explore free or nearly free tools and strategies that can be used to help all learners including those who are users of augmentative or alternative communication devices. I'm your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode 154, recorded on June 19th, 2016. That's Father's Day. This is the fourth episode in a series of episodes exploring the selection and implementation of AAC devices for students with language impairments. In previous installments, we've looked at the overall point of implementing an AAC device, which words to focus on when practicing language, and how to plan to focus instruction on one or two words all day long. In this episode, we take a look at... Hey, 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 Tucker, do you mind practicing your guitar another time? I'm trying to record here. Oh, sorry, Dad, but if I don't practice, I'll never learn to play. I need to practice as much as possible so my fingers learn what to do all by themselves. When I'm a famous musician, I'll need to be able to chat with my fans while playing. You ever seen that? How really good guitarists can play without missing a note and carry on a conversation all at the same time? Yeah, it's true. One day, I'm going to be that good, but that only happens if I practice. Wow, yeah, I admire your passion and dedication. You're right. That process of thinking through how to do some physical action and then repeating that action over and over and over again until it becomes rote, it's called motor planning. Yeah, that's it. I'm motor planning. Once you've got it down, you're not planning anymore. It just becomes part of your long-term memory. Sometimes this is called procedural memory or motor memory. You know, besides playing my guitar, there are other things in life like that too, aren't there, Dad? I'm thinking like riding my bike or playing a particular video game or typing on the keyboard. Those are examples just like this, aren't they, Dad? Sure are. Here's the thing, though. It isn't just repeating actions that transfers those actions into your long-term memory. Those actions have to mean something. It's purposeful repetitions, meaningful repetitions, that make the difference. You mean me picking up the guitar and just plucking away at it won't necessarily be enough? Exactly. You need to hear the sounds, feel the vibrations, or both, and note the differences between those sounds and vibrations. When you strum that guitar, it makes a unique sound-vibration combo. 
when you strum that guitar a different way, it makes a different, unique sound-vibration combo. Those different sound-vibration combinations provide the meaning behind your motor movements. Hey, Dad, what happens if I move the strings around? Can I do that? Oh, no, yeah, no, you can't move the strings around. Heavens, no. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. I thought maybe, I don't know, for some reason, it might be easier. Ah, I think it would be a bad idea. I mean, you could move the strings around because you might think it's easier for some reason, but then you'd always have to use that guitar when you change the strings. Or you'd have to change the strings around on every guitar you ever used. So keeping things in the same place is key to using motor memory. If you move things around, you screw it all up. For example, imagine if I switched the K and W keys on the keyboard. Sure, I could eventually relearn where they are, but it would be very frustrating indeed. Once I learn where they are, they need to stay there. Your strings, like the keys on the keyboard, need to be in the same place, right from the very beginning, so you can practice it over and over and over again without moving anything around. Alright, no moving my strings around. Got it. Well, better get back to practicing. Yes, please, practice more. Maybe someday you'll have your own station on Spotify. Except, please, not right now. I'm trying to record here. What's the episode about? It's about how, when you're first implementing an AEC device, one should consider the motor memory right from the very beginning. If you're expecting a student to learn thousands of words and to become automatic at using those words, and of course, you should be expecting this, right? Yeah. Then you need to be aware that once a word is placed, it cannot be moved. Dad, you already did an episode on that. Wasn't that episode 109, The Magic Lamp? Sure did, and it sure was. Wow. Good memory. Still, I wanted these concepts to be covered again in relation to this series of episodes that I'm doing. Thanks for the reminder, though. People should go check that one out, don't you think? Yeah. So are you saying using a device to communicate is similar to playing a guitar? I am indeed. Words are like notes, and when you string them together in the right order, something beautiful happens. Ooh, that's a cool saying, Dad. Maybe I'll add that to the future song I write. See if you can add a line in there about not starting out with a one or two cell device, too. What do you mean? Well, once upon a time, people, including me, used to think you could teach people language by giving them a device with only two cells. And then, after they master that, they could move to four cells. And then, after they master that, they could move to eight cells. And eight to sixteen, and sixteen to... and so on and so on. Oh, Dad. Dad, Dad, Dad. What about all this stuff you're telling me about motor memory? I know, I know, I know. Well, I've learned better now, and I'll never make that mistake again. That's why I'm trying to record this podcast episode, to spread the word so no one makes the same mistakes I did. But don't some people have difficulties with motor movements? Wouldn't some people have impairments that impact how they motor plan? Sure, but that doesn't mean you wouldn't work on it. The way to practice motor planning so it becomes motor memory is to practice simple, single-step motor movements, like... Like pressing a cell on a communication device? Bingo! Presto! You got it! You know something else? The most proficient users of AAC have demonstrated that they can use their communication devices without even looking at the screen or the overlay. Like, when someone becomes a touch typist, they don't need to look at their fingers to proficiently use the keyboard. There are some people who can do that with communication devices. Whoa, that makes total sense. Right now I need to look at my fingers while I'm playing the notes on the guitar, but someday I won't. Instead, I'll be looking into the eyes of my adoring fans. Alright, Dad, I'll let you get to it. I'll let you record this episode. Let me just play this one last riff. Okay, I'm done. 
I'm heading outside to practice punting the soccer ball. Hey, that's a motor skill as well. If I keep practicing punting the right way over and over again, I'll get better and better at it. Right now, I have to think through each step, but with practice, it'll become part of me. Just like someone pressing words on a communication device and having a meaningful experience when he or she uses those words. Exactly. All right, Dad. I'm out. Bye. All right, Tucker. Have fun punting your soccer ball. Okay, finally. Now, as I was saying, this episode of the AT Tips cast... Maggie! The summer is here and it's going to be as busy as any other. Once again, I'll be headed back to Australia, where I'll be the keynote presenter for Liberator's AAC Summit. It's a two-day event on July 21st and July 22nd in Melbourne. The conference is going to be a mix of traditional sessions, with speakers presenting information along with several free-form sessions, where the topic will be designated, but the experience will be more conversational. Head on over to bit.ly slash liberator summit registration. That's bit.ly slash liberator summit registration to download the registration form. And guess what? If you're a user of AAC, registration is free. So if you know someone who could benefit from this, let them know. I hope to see you in Melbourne. Once I get back from there, I'll be doing a pre-conference session with Carol Zangari at the Isaac Conference in Toronto on August 6th. The session is called AAC Practitioners in the 21st Century, Leveraging Our Efforts Through Social Media and Digital Technologies. Sign up at bit.ly slash I-S-A-A-C precons. That's bit.ly slash Isaac precons. Finally, I hope you find these episodes useful in helping to educate others about AAC. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive. May all your strategies be supportive, and may you always plan for motor memory.